Do you want to intro or do you want me to intro? I think you should intro. Okay. <clears throat> to do? <laughs> I was so far away from it, wasn't I? <laughs> what are you trying, trying to close the door. <laughs> it's all right, we don't. We don't need you to close. Looked, you looked like you were patting a ghost at the back, <laughs> just like, hey, hey buddy. <laughs> How you going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Still Good or Nah, where we watch movies from our childhood and we go, is that still good or nah? I'm Jess and I am with Chris and... I'm Chris. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> sorry. Was it? Did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, or, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I think so, yeah. I will do, I'll do that bit again. Yeah. I'm Jess. And I'm Chris. I think that works better. Okay. Or actually, I don't mind the first way you did it. Yeah. Well, it does keep <laughs> all of this in, so that's whatever. Yeah. Um... Yeah, episode four. How do you feel? Good. Yeah. Yeah. We um we are, are practicing self isolation mm-hmm. at the moment in that we have to work from home as yep. of two days from now. Yeah. So I went a bit crazy because I was like, I need to make my space look like a Pinterest board. Yeah. And we can't really go to IKEA right now, so we're just sort of working with what we have and. For me, that's just taking all the plants that we have in our house and just putting them at my workstation. <laughs> yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. I think you've done a, we've done a good job. Yeah. I'm very excited to work, which is, I'm, yeah. I usually am not. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing what a couple of posters can do in a pot plant on mm-hmm. a stool. Yep. Um, it's also just nice because we just got rid of so much junk. Well, yeah. I got rid of so much boxes. Oh, so, so many, many boxes. boxes. Um, yeah. So you feeling good too? So I'm feeling how good. Are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited to work from home. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to not wearing pants while I work. Mm-hmm. Even though you're wearing pants now. You're not wearing pants now. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a delicate balance that I strike. <laughs> yep. Pants in the evening, not in the day. Yes. You can have Skype sessions with your office mates. We all joked about that. Yeah. None of us would be wearing <laughs> pants. In and reality, then one of us would accidentally stand up because we'd need to get something and forget we're not wearing pants. And then, oh, so I'm going to be in the background, so I have to wear pants. Yes. <sighs> okay. Potentially. Yeah. Um, nah, that's all right. I think you'll be, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, all right. We've been stalling, which we shouldn't because I'm very excited for our next movie that we're yeah, going to watch. What's the topic? Of, well, what's sorry, not the topic. What's the movie? What are we watching? We're watching The Shaggy Dog. The Shaggy Dog. Yes. Um, yeah, I've probably only seen this, I think maybe twice. Yeah. Um, but I actually do sort of remember the plot fairly well. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, as I think we were saying last week, this is the movie that you kind of watch. Well, I kind I watched when I was sick or yeah. if my siblings put it on and I was like, uh, okay, I'll watch it. This is going to be one of Tim Allen's last movies. Possibly. Like this, well, not like last Forever. Well, actually, what's he what's he been doing lately? He hasn't been doing much. He hasn't been just he just living off those home improvement yeah, it's got profits. A, it or- seems he's ah oh, my phone's dead. He's got a beard and stuff now, but yeah, 
I think this and like Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. I think they kind of like cemented his, the end of his sort of hate, like his real prime time in sort of like the kid family movies. But um, yeah, so do you want me to go over what I remember the plot or do you want to do the plot? Well, yeah, but uh, so I just want to say this is in 2006. This came out in 2006. How old were we? Uh, We were in year six. Yep. So we were like 11, 12. 12. Yeah, 11 or 12. 12 or 13, 12 or 13. I was 11. We were 11 or 12. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was it? That's all? Yeah, okay. Uh, I just Um, wanted to give the people the context of what little 11-year-old me and 12-year-old you. Yeah, well, this is another, I guess this is, would have been another movie that we probably would have seen when we were the appropriate age to see this movie. Yes. When it came out, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't always the case. Mm Mm-hmm. Often we see we're watching movies that came out when we were one, but we still yes. saw them when we were about ten or eleven. So, so you remember the plot? I okay, remember you tell a, me a fair plot. amount of the plot. So the Shaggy Dog, which is like the same looking dog from like the Jewelux commercials. It's like mm-hmm. a, what, what do you know what sort of dog it is? Mm, Not no. that it matters. It's like a woolly sheep dog. Yeah, it's a lab test dog, isn't it? It's it's broken out like so. I vaguely remember at the very start of the movie. It's kind of like. Um, Planet of the Apes or something. They pretty sure some like Greenpeace people break in. It might have even been the daughter. I think it is the daughter or the daughter's boyfriend. They break into this vet and they're like releasing all the animals because like they're all about the animals and stuff like Greenpeace and things. And they're like releasing animals and she maybe releases the dog, but then also takes the dog home with her. Um, and then the dog bites Tim Allen on the hand. And, yeah. and this is where my memory gets a little bit hazy. I'm not sure whether he like, Teen Wolf style turns into the dog or his consciousness is transferred into the dog or if they swap bodies in like a weird Freaky Friday situation. I I think he turns into the dog. I think he like starts getting dog-like tendencies. Tendencies, okay. So does does the dog that bit him still exist? Yes. Does he ever actually turn into the dog? Well, I don't know what happens to Tim Allen when – he turns into the dog. So he I does turn into the dog. Oh, maybe the dog does become Tim yeah, Allen. Yeah, I think the dog yes. becomes Tim Allen. Okay, yeah. Maybe yep. they're slowly swapping bodies mm-hmm. or something because I remember Tim Allen, like, as human form Tim Allen, like, licking the floor or something or being, like, right, a little goofball. Because yeah. isn't he I – fe- I remember he's, like, a lawyer. Yeah, I think – yeah, he's some sort of lawyer or, like, higher businessman who – yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those classic situations where, like there's a big job on the line or there's a promotion yeah. and he's acting like a dog. I think he's a lawyer because I did look at who the cast was. Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is so, he like the bad guy? I think he's the other lawyer. Ah. The, and because I feel like that bit where he's like in the courtroom. Yeah. He's like he, when right. he's being the dog and <laughs> he's good. in the courtroom. Yeah, Robert so, Downey Jr. is in this. This is obviously post like... Um, him going to prison, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, for sure. Because hey, what year was this movie? Oh, two thousand six. So this isn't just. This is only just before Iron Man one. Yeah. Wait, um, actually, no. When did Iron Man one come out? Two thousand and eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Geez, he. It's a big jump. <laughs> that was a real like he reached a real crossroads, and if he had not taken Iron Man, he would have just been down another shaggy dog, mm-hmm. shaggy dog lane. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That man had the luckiest break. Yeah, and he was in Tropic Thunder in 2008 as well. Yeah, I know, which is amazing. But that's an amazing movie. So, yes. Um, I don't know yeah. if we'll cover that because it's so good. <laughs> we know so it's good. good. It's so good. <laughs> I think, well, so 
Do we want to go over what the budget was or should we leave that for the second half of the, of the um, episode? No, I think we go, I don't actually I'm gonna remember. I'm going to say 50 million. I feel like they're all about this. It was 50 million. Yeah, they're always about 50 yeah. million. I think that's. It probably makes sense. It must be the it must be the amount they've worked out that they can spend on a movie and then make it back. Maybe yeah. I'm well, gonna say made back seventy million. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay, not Which bad. Is pretty good, I guess, because it was a Tim Allen movie. Yeah, he was still a bit of like a household name, yeah. bit of a draw card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Kristen Davis is in this. Yeah, she's in. Oh, she's in Sex in the City. She's the brunette one. Of course. Yeah. So I've just I don't realize I've said um about ten to fifteen times in the last minute. <laughs> yeah, I I, I did. <laughs> you were just tell about to say it then. No, <laughs> I I I've learned not to say um because of work. Okay. Yeah. So I just know that every time I need to, th- or every time I think I'm going to say, it, I just need to pause instead and not mm-hmm. say anything. Yes. Yeah. So, so- <laughs> Chris has a tendency to say um, and I have a tendency to say like. But I only say like when I'm getting really into what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm getting really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, like. Um, um, da- <laughs> Danny Glover's as in soon this. As, you, as soon as you realize that you're going to say it or as soon as you've become aware that you say it, you can't stop. Can't not say it. it. Can't yeah. not say it. Danny so, Glover's in this. Nice one. Yes. Spencer Breslin is the, what, the brother, the, the, the son. Spencer Breslin. He's Abigail Brens- Breslin's brother, but he was in The Kid. This is not an arm moment. I need to see a photo of this guy's face. How do you not- not- <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Who's Abigail Brenson? Breslin. Breslin. So that's Spencer uh, Breslin. Why didn't you say Cat in the Hat? Ah. Uh, My an Abigail- all-time most hated film. <laughs> we'll, we'll I don't want to do that. Oh. I, it makes me physically sick watching that film. There's something about it is just because it's so colorful. It's not okay. It just makes me ill. Like that yeah. is my worst nightmare to be trapped in that <laughs> world where everything is just such this weird, like Play-Doh, mm-hmm. hyper-realistic color, depressing, depressing. I just hate it so much. And I can understand why when that film came out, like the Dr. Seuss estate, I like. You guys are not making any more of these movies. This sucks. Oh, really? Yeah, they completely shut it down. So the only they have made a couple of animated since. I think maybe just one mm-hmm. or two, like the Lorax. I think they made an yeah. animated film, but the, like they shut that shit down straight away. They're like, <laughs> you guys are not making any more live wow. animated films of Doctor Seuss's books. The right choice. Yeah, but the Grinch was good. Oh yeah, the Grinch came out, um, but that was obviously before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was see. that was yeah that was better, but. Mm-hmm. God, Cat in the Hat is just, <laughs> I can't stand it. And oh, I don't know. It's just, it seems like a bad acid trip, that whole film. Yeah. It's just, oh, it really makes my stomach just turn. I hate it so We're much. We're spending too much time on Cat in the Hat. Maybe we should do Cat in the Hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of so just the shaggy sort dog, of yeah. the shaggy dog and weird visuals, mm. I remember this as one of the posters. So, one of the posters, which I think is really cute, is um, Tim Allen and his briefcase and the dog and um, Tim Allen's necktie is a leash and the dog's holding the leash. Oh, very clever. Yes. Yeah. So that one's a cute one. Another one is the dog looking really happy in a red convertible. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is... The main one, and he's got a tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> They're good. Yeah, I like that. Okay, no, you weren't. This one's fucked up because 
This one, it is the dog, but with Tim Allen's eyes. No. No, it's not no. good. Do you want me is to it show real? you? It, I think it is. It's this one because I remember oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. It is. That's disgusting. It is. Whoever did like the, the poster design for that should be fine. It's the first and one. If you Google the Shaggy Dog 2006 and you go onto Google Images, it is the first image that comes oh, up. That's horrifying. <laughs> so, that can be the um that can be the podcast photo for this episode. Um oh, fuck. <laughs> I hate that you that you made me aware of it and I hate that I but say it. But it's good it so that much. you're wary of it. So I don't want to be wary of it. So you don't do it in the future. No, it doesn't matter. Uh hey, what's the rotten tomato score? <sighs> Not good. Uh wait, I'll do IMDB. What's IMDB first? 3.2? 4.4. Okay. So that should inform your Rotten Tomatoes score. 42%. 26%. Not good. So we're going to go away. We're going to watch this movie. We're going to absolutely just rip it to shreds. Or maybe it'll be good. Or it might be good, but I think it'll be bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. So let's. I actually really want to do Wild Hogs now. I keep thinking about Wild Hogs and it's like, <laughs> what's that? Like, I just keep thinking about John Travolta on a, on a, on a Wild Hog. Well, we can watch The Shaggy Dog and then we can watch Wild Dogs. Yeah, I feel like those two movies, I'm almost positive, came in like a twin pack (laughs) that you got at like the the JB Hi-Fi DVD bins. And I'm almost positive that we have that at home. Um, Yeah, let's go watch it and come back and we'll tell tell y'all what we think. Cool. (laughs) Cool partner. (laughs) You said y'all. Yeah, my partner. (laughs) Is like a cowboy. Why didn't you say, um, yeah, because <laughs> I couldn't say howdy. Why not howdy? Oh, because that oh, doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's just go watch the movie. Okay, and we are back. And we're back. So we have a little bit of a confession to make. It's been a little bit longer than we originally anticipated this would be. The yeah. second half of this would be since, yeah. the f- part, since part one, which you would have just finished listening to. So I think we've mentioned it before that So how this works, we record the first part and then we watch the movie and then we record the second part. And sometimes in the past... We've given maybe two weeks until we watch. It's been sometimes been a couple of days, sometimes it's been a week. I think the longest was about a week. Yeah. It's been five months. <laughs> <laughs> but in our defense, it's not entirely our fault. The world kind of just ended. Everyone's aware of what's going on right now. And it's. Yeah, because in the first part that you listened to, we weren't fully in lockdown yet. We were, we were going. practicing self isolation. I'd say we're pretty much as experts of self-isolation at this point. By now, yes, for sure. It was prior to lockdown, the first lockdown, Mm. and then everything was kind of okay and we kind of were allowed to see our friends and then we're in the second stage. Because we're in Victoria. We're in the fourth stage of lockdown, but it's the second lockdown that we're experiencing. So, Which is now the here and there. It's a bit... Surreal. But we finally watched the movie, which we only watched it last night. So I still think it doesn't really matter that it's been so long. It's just. But I also think we did avoid watching this movie. We did avoid watching this movie because (laughs) I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it actually was. Yeah. And every time. 
yeah, every time we went to watch this movie and we got so close, we'd just be like, uh, no, no. Yeah, no, we want to watch something better. There's so much better TV going on yeah. right now. We finished Avatar. Finished Avatar. Great. Yes. And every time we were about to watch this movie, it would be like, oh, none of us actually have the movie. Oh, well, then we can't watch it then. Yeah. And it's not on Netflix and it's not on Stan and it's not on any streaming service that we pay for. So probably this is the first shouldn't. Movie we had to rent from YouTube. Mm hmm. How much yeah. was it? I paid for the HD version foolishly. <laughs> it was five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> which I still think is a, is overpriced for the kind of movie. Ah, oh, look, the convenience of it was brilliant, to be honest. But it was it's a tough, tough yeah. buy. But anyway, cool. Let's go through the plot. So the plot of Shaggy Dog, as we recalled it before, was actually pretty close to what it was ended up being. I think I had sort of said that he was some sort of businessman or lawyer who was up for a big promotion and he was somehow involved with the case against the dog or whatever happened, which was pretty much right. He gets bit, he turns into the dog. Um, no, he doesn't turn into the dog. He, he turns, turns into, into a, a dog. dog. Okay, that's what I got Which wrong, is the so. same dog. So should we briefly run through the plot? Yes, I think we should. Yeah. yeah. Should you briefly run through the plot? I, I want to, but I wrote so many things. So... Let's talk about the opening scene. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because this is something I didn't remember about the movie. Yeah. Neither of us remembered the opening scene. I thought it was the wrong movie. I thought I had somehow downloaded the wrong movie. Because we are in Tibet, Mm. of all places. So me and Chris were like, what movie is this? Because we don't remember. It opens on like like an SAS team in a helicopter in Tibet. So they they were tasked to kidnap somebody or take somebody from right. this village, right, and right. they are assuming that it's it's a like person. which one of them, which one of them is it? It's like it's none of them. It's the dog. And you're like ah, okay. So the dog is really old because the guy's like none of these people in this photo will be alive. This makes no sense. What do you mean? <laughs> it just makes no sense. So the audience is introduced to the dog through like an old photograph. It looks like it's from you know. Maybe 60, 70 years ago. Yeah. it's The dog is 300 years old. 300 years old, apparently. So it starts off with a army, you know, a special forces unit going into Tibet and kidnapping the shaggy dog from a Tibetan monk's temple? I think so. Yeah. Where, where the dog is practicing his monkey rhythms. Yeah. You, 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 when you see him, he is sitting like a person with his hands together. Yeah. So is he just smart because he's 300 years old and he's just had a long time to learn? Or is I he, guess so. Because he seems dumb but also incredibly smart. <laughs> yeah. Because be- that end scene, which we'll obviously get to, is the most stupid, like out of character thing for the dog who earlier in the movie can't kind of complete the simplest of tasks like Tim Allen can. And for some reason, this 300-year-old dog still likes to play fetch. Yeah. Because that's how he gets kidnapped is because a kid throws a ball and it goes out to the side and then that's when the army people come. Yeah. The dog gets kidnapped, Shaggy gets kidnapped, and then we are introduced to Tim Allen's character, Dave. Yeah. So Dave Douglas, he's a lawyer and he he's the current case that he's involved in is regarding the arson of a research facility lab. A pharmaceutical company. Pharmaceutical company. And yeah, so he's on the... Um, prosecutor's side and yeah so he's a lawyer he's in the middle of a court hearing in opposition to this activist teacher Mm. um who allegedly burned down part of a company as he was trespassing claiming that the company called grant and strickland were involved in genetic mutation right and with tim allen's character he's a typical 
workaholic dad, absent dad, and he's disengaged with his wife and his kids. And I guess as an act of rebellion and because she can make up her own mind, his daughter is an activist um, because the person who is on trial is her teacher. So it's much more concise. Let's just cut out all the parts as I just said before. <laughs> so Grant and Strickland, which is the company and is the company that Robert Downey Jr.'s character works for, and his name is Dr. Kozak, which is I feel like is an evil villain type name, yeah. Dr. Kozak. Sounds a bit like Prozac as well. Mm -hmm. And they're doing experiments on animals that go far beyond animal testing so they wanted to steal this dog because they heard that it was 300 years old and they wanted to manipulate his DNA so that um, they could create a serum that is- Like that a fountain makes, of youth. Yeah, yeah, that makes people immortal. Well, not yeah, age a lot less because the idea is that normally, the you know, the, not the saying goes, but the idea goes that a dog ages every seven years for every one human year. So the idea was with this dog that that equation was flipped. So for every uh, seven human years, he only ages one dog year. So that therefore his, his life is, you know, extended. So Robert Downey Jr. at one point says, like, if we can develop the serum, then people could live to, you know, around 700 years old. Oh, I, I wasn't paying attention to that. <laughs> yes, that was the idea. So <laughs> not immortal, but can live for a very, very long time. So during a strike, the dog manages to escape the lab and then... It's taken by the daughter because she breaks into the building because she wants to investigate as well and she brings the dog home. But Tim Allen's character, is it's established that he hates dogs. He just does Oh, no, he says he, he doesn't a, hate dogs. He just doesn't. He doesn't like dogs, but he hates that dog. Yeah, which was a French bulldog. Dog. Yeah. Yeah, because it kept peeing on his lawn or, yeah. or his bush. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like dogs, so when they ask to keep, Shag, wait, no, his name's not Shaggy. His Tibetan name is Ki Young Po. I really hope I got that right. I'm so sorry if I didn't. Um, I'm sure he'll be fine with it. <laughs> so he doesn't want to keep it and the dog bites him and in doing so it infects him with his genetic cells, which end up being like little dogs. Tiny dogs. Tiny dog little germs. Do yeah. So I guess it was just a way to convey to the audience that he was infected but i cells don't work that way i don't even think 300 year old dog cells would work that way i don't think so no anyway as we had said in the first part tim allen's character starts to have dog-like tendencies and eventually turns into shaggy because of this it creates a strain with his work life and his personal life as you said he's up for a big promotion and because he keeps disappearing because he keeps turning into a dog that promotion is probably not going to be likely mm. gets taken off the case which is a very like police thing to be like you're off the case yeah not like a lawyer thing i feel like they don't say that um when you're on a, a law case i don't know i feel like you guys know now that we don't know anything mm, about yeah. life <laughs> it seems to know progressively less the longer we record yes <laughs> and less that we're in isolation yeah. as well um so through the eyes of the dog He's able to see that his family is suffering from his absence. Yeah. And it also, obviously, because he's turned into a dog, he now believes that Grant and Strickland are conducting experiments. Yeah, because he overhears um, the, the defendant claiming that there are these weird mutant animals in the test lab, which he has witnessed and seen. So he's like, oh, so these guys 
are telling the truth. Yeah, because he initially denied it. Yeah, because who would believe that there was a snake with a fairy tail? No, and a bullfrog dog. A bullfrog dog. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He eventually tells his family that he's a dog and they believe him straight away. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. instantly straight away. (laughs) So he sneaks into the Grant and Strickland lab as a dog and he witnesses Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Dr. Kozak, inject the president of the company with what we all thought was like the final immortal or fountain of youth serum. Yeah. But it ended up being a drug that paralyzes him for a couple, a few months because Robert Downey Jr. wants to take over the company. the company. Yeah. yeah. And he thinks that by paralyzing him and by putting him out of work for a couple of months, he'll be able to yeah. become the new CEO. The new CEO. And so- Tim Allen as a dog overhears this, but then he gets caught and Robert Downey Jr. is mocking him and intimidating him and Tim Allen ends up biting him and then transfers that genetic mutation to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, which eventually unfolds in the realisation in the court case later on that Robert Downey Jr. is in fact bad. Tim Allen was telling the truth. The teacher, the activist was right. And it's pretty much happily ever after. Besides the fact that Tim Allen is still a dog. Oh well, yeah, they never they never say anything about him not not turning into a dog anymore. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely still a dog. So yeah. it closes with Tim Allen catching a frisbee in his mouth like a dog. Yeah. He's still a dog. <laughs> he must still sucks. be a dog. They don't resolve any of this. Yeah, because it's not like there was a, any sort of cure or anything mentioned. So anytime his heart rate gets elevated, he turns into a yeah. dog. Make your sex life a real. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, poor his wife. Yeah. Um. A few things I want to mention now that we've gone over that plot very roughly. Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in this. He's, He's so good. Yeah. Without him, this movie is so much worse than what it 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 actually is. Yeah. So I thought this movie was going to be way worse than it actually was. I actually had an alright time with it. It's. I think the parts where the movie drags the most for me is actually when. Tim Allen is just voicing over the dog. Yeah. When it's just the dog, which, you know, credit to the dog. But I think Tim Allen is still a good sort of comedic actor. And I feel like despite the plot and the jokes aren't very good, I think Tim Allen himself is good enough to carry this film. But Robert Downey Jr. just takes it to another level. Like he he's in it for like 110%, regardless of how kind of stupid the premise may be. He's he's just there and he just he doesn't chew the scenery, but he's He's really good. And I feel like you could honestly draw some parallels between his performance here and some of Tony Stark's mannerisms. I feel he definitely plays like a more evil and a bit more stupid, but a similar sort of Tony Stark character in this in this movie. Yeah, I think what I had written in my notes was that he's just a heightened version of Tony or just a little bit more manic version of yeah, Tony definitely, Stark. Definitely. And I, I agree that Robert Downey Jr. and Tim Allen, they did what they could with the material that they were given. Yeah. Which some of the other cast, because there's a weirdly large cast in this movie and some of them get absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. Particularly Danny Glover, <laughs> which his addition to this movie absolutely brings nothing and is for no reason. He could be have been anyone. I made a note that Danny Glover gets his first line 42 minutes into the film. Oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, and then I even went further back just before, and I scrubbed through the entire film. So Danny Glover in total has two minutes and 30 seconds of on-screen time. I went through and timed every single scene that he's in. When did you do this? Before, when we were researching, when I was in here researching. Oh, how good. Um, And the longest scene that he's in 
is this scene where he's in the elevator where Tim Allen's getting his booty sniffed by the canine dog. And that scene takes up 30% of his entire on-screen time. I reckon if you went and counted the amount of lines he has, it'd be less than 20. It's got absolutely nothing. Anyway, I just feel like it's a real waste of such a, you know, a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and the same thing with Philip Baker Hall. Like, he's in it for five seconds. Like, you could do so much more with his character. Even even Kristen Davis doesn't get much in it at all. She just plays the sad wife. Yeah, I wonder what was offered to all of these people yeah. that made them say yes to yeah. the film. I mean, you know, I guess Danny Glover wasn't up to much and it's just like, you know, we'll, we'll pay you half a million dollars to be in this film or probably more. Yeah. And uh, what did you think of the visual effects? I think that's what the budget probably went to because the budget was $50 million. Yeah. There wasn't that many, I guess, if and they were Tim paying Allen's for- the- cocaine habit. Did he have a cocaine habit? Yeah, he got arrested for cocaine possession. During a, Shaggy Dog? <laughs> like way before that. Maybe he's not doing cocaine. No, he's not. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I think you say, yeah. So with the budget, because it was $50 million, I think a lot of that did go to the actors, but I think whatever they had left over, they were like, cool, we're going to do some visual effects that were really meaningless to this film. I, I think. I think they didn't need to include a lot of- Yeah, no, definitely. Because I think- this movie made the right decision, which obviously at the time probably wasn't even a decision. It was just a necessity. They used a real dog and they didn't do any sort of mouth movements on the dog. No, so they like didn't. other dog like other films like this in the past, they rely on the dog's mouth to actually be moving and they sign they try and they kind of almost write the script around the mouth movements that the dog's already making. It's that uncanny valley it if we cover cats and dogs, that's yeah, probably... Yeah, it's exactly like cats and dogs. So they don't do that, which definitely works better. So all the narration and voiceover, all the, the thoughts of the dog just come, you know, it's just as if the dog's thinking yeah. in Tim Allen's voices, narrating over the top for a movie that relies heavily around the actions of a dog for the entire plot. I think it was a very smart decision not to CGI the animal, just to make it a real dog, have it bark, just have narration over the top of it. I think... It still it still holds up perfectly. Um, I think where it falls down is where they introduce some mutant animals, which yeah. So what we were talking about before, there was a bullfrog dog, and it was a bulldog, and it was mixed with a frog. Yeah. So yeah, what they establish is that the I don't know if they just they inject the dog's blood, but when they inject the serum into other animals, it takes on the traits of a dog, which is obviously why Tim Allen transforms into a dog. But other animals in the testing lab include a snake, which grows a fluffy tail, some mice that bark. The weirdest one was the frog, which had like a, a pug's head. But a a f- bullfro- bulldog. <laughs> yeah, a bulldog frog. <laughs> but bulldog's head. But the thing that doesn't make sense in that, <laughs> not that any of it makes sense, but all the other animals get a, because what's the dog again? It's an English Shepherd? No. So they say that it's a sheepdog yeah, in the movie. English sheepdog. But it's not. It's a bearded collie. Okay. It's a bearded collie, English sheepdog, similarish dog. Anyway. They're similar, but they do have differences. Would you like me to tell you those differences? Because I did <laughs> but find I just them. mean that, you know, the snake grows a fluffy tail, which looks exactly like Shaggy's tail. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen turns into an identical dog that looks like Shaggy. Robert Downey Jr. at the very end when he's bitten and he's having his little freak out in the courtroom. He turns around and he has an exact fluffy tail like Shaggy, but that bullfrog dog turns into a bulldog. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Anyway, you want to you wanted to go through the differences between an English sheepdog and a bearded collie? Well, obviously they do look very, very, very similar in terms of their coat. Of 
No, because they just look very similar. I think <laughs> I think an English sheepdog has more has more of like a a, a mutty face. Yeah, sure. And they just okay. They just have different faces, like slightly different faces. An English sheepdog is larger than a bearded collie. Apparently, sheepdogs only live half of the lifespan of a bearded collie. Oh. Yeah. But English sheepdogs are more intelligent. Right. Yeah, I think they just wanted to use a really fluffy dog so they could use shaggy dog. Yeah. It's the shaggiest dog. If you think of a shaggy dog, that's a dog I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't nominated for any awards, obviously, besides some Razzies. Yes. I did look those (laughs) Razzies up. Did you? I did. So Tim Allen was nominated for Worst Actor. And the film was nominated for Worst Remake or Ripoff and Worst Excuse for Family Entertainment, but failed to win any of those categories, which failed is in in um, quotation marks because I guess it's a good thing. So so this film was nominated for Worst Remake slash Ripoff. So it turns out this film was in fact based off an original film of the same name from 1959. This was actually Walt Disney's first live-action comedy. Oh. So not, I don't believe it was their first live action film, but it was their first live action comedy film and it was their first live action comedy feature film. So yeah, so Shaggy Dog was based off a short story written by Felix Sultan. So Walt Disney bought the rights to Sultan's novel Bambi and filmed it in 1941. So after Bambi was like a big success, he went back to Sultan's like, Sultan, what, what, what have you got? Give me some more stuff that was good stuff. And he's just like, yeah, I got a few more things here. You can have a look and- so Walt Disney bought that, Rennie, The City of Jungle, and then The Hound of Florence. So the Hound of Florence, if I didn't say that before, if that was already cut out, is what the original short story of Shaggy Dog was based on. Um, so Felix Sultan sold Walt Disney um, Bambi 2, which is called, I think, The, the Sons of Bambi, Bambi's Children. And he was just like, sweet, he's going to make another Bambi. I'm going to get some awesome commission. Walt Disney's like, I'm not making another Bambi. But he didn't want anyone else to make Bambi too, so he bought all the rights. So yeah, so Walt Disney was pretty um, known for sort of buying the yeah the intellectual property and the I guess the adaptation rights of a lot of popular short stories, so that he could have the option to turn them into films, but probably wouldn't turn them into films. He might just use license out. You know, you know, remember the golden back children's books? Remember golden spine, mm-hmm. like the golden spine books? Anyway, so um, where did he own those? Well, that was the, a lot of those were Disney like. I'm sure of it. Okay. I'm pretty sure of it. I just forget. Don't check me on that one. I'm not. Um, anyway, so Walt Disney bought all these. He didn't want to make Bambi's Children, um, but he didn't want anyone else to make it. So anyway, so he had all these properties that he had bought, um, but he did intend, if you know, if it required, that he would make these into cartoon films because obviously that's what they were doing at the time. Um, so ABC, which I don't know if it's a still the same ABC that's currently in Australia, in America, the TV network. They wanted Disney to make another TV series. So he's like, how about the Shaggy Dog? So Walt Disney pitched the Shaggy Dog to ABC and ABC are like, nah, no way. We're not making that. That's terrible. And so Walt Disney was really pissed. So he's just like, all right, I'm going to make this into a feature film. So the original feature film of Shaggy Dog was kind of made out of spite because ABC turned it down. Originally, the film was filmed in two parts and it was going to be yeah, TV, like a TV movie. Um, but eventually at the very last minute, they decided to sort of stitch the two parts together and release it as a feature film. So the initial release of Shaggy Dog grossed more than $9 million on a budget of $1 million. So in 1959, 69, in 1959. Yeah. So which made it the most profitable Walt Disney film ever at that point. 
and it became and it beat Ben Hur, which was released the same year. So I don't know if you know about Ben Hur. I don't know about Ben Hur. Was just like this enormous movie at the time. It was like one about Roman centurions. It was like one of the biggest sort of uh, undertakings of film at that current point in time, and this smashed it. So essentially, this made a shitload of money because it was done on a budget of one million dollars. It made nine million dollars, and yeah, so it made a heap of money. So at the time, it was the most profitable film that they had ever made. So it kind of, which I think this is kind of pretty funny considering sort of what this podcast was meant to be about, or what it is about, um, it sort of influenced Disney's uh, sort of scheme of making these films for around the one, like at the time around a $1 million mark and then just relying on just almost average reviews, average attendance, but then would guarantee them to make a profit on these sort of movies. So one of the things they did to make these films are so cheap is they reused a lot of Disney-owned sets. So a lot of films that were made at the time of Shaggy Dog, the original 1959, and all these films after, they just reused the same sets, um, same costumes and all that stuff so they could make them for really cheap. Um, they also Clever, used, clever, yeah, Walt so they, Disney. So, yeah, so it essentially allowed Walt Disney to make these sort of low-risk scenarios for the productions for any of these films, which could easily make back their investment just from, you know, moderate uh, matinee attendance in just local neighbourhood theatres, which I think is really interesting because essentially just it created this new sort of genre of movies which they realised that they could just sort of pump out these family-friendly, you know, middle-of-the-road films at a really low budget but would obviously would get their money back, which I think, yeah, I think it's pretty fascinating because I think that's something that doesn't happen a lot now except for things like horror films. So horror films are... One of the only examples I can think of now, which sort of produced for such a low budget, and because they're a horror films, attendance is going to have a lot less than a regular blockbuster film. Um, it doesn't matter because I guess the, the amount money spent versus money gained is always in favor of the production company. Yeah, well, I guess that's why because we were discussing this before about how there's not really any family friendly movies anymore. It's all. Marvel or it's all superhero movies or Yeah, which I guess are still family friendly, but they're not in the same vein as what they used to be. Yeah, you're enormous not, blockbuster yeah, movies. You're not gonna get a guy turning into a dog in a movie theater nowadays no. because we know now that that's not gonna make money. Yeah. In and that I think that's an interesting thing that what you said is you can put out mediocre stuff like this movie, which was fifty million, and it you're guaranteed that it's going to make money back, which it did. It made $87 million in the box office, which is crazy to me. Yeah, but I wonder if that was actually a profit because I I guess the rule of thumb from what I understand is that you take the budget that they they say and usually you would times that by two to account for marketing because they never, they don't include marketing within the production budget. So often, especially with films today, especially big films, if it's said it's, $150 $150 million budget, then you can almost guarantee they spent almost the same amount of money on marketing. But okay. it potentially couldn't be, it potentially isn't the same for these sort of movies, which wouldn't have as much of a marketing budget. But just quickly back on the old one. <laughs> so it got, a, it got a sequel in 1976, which, you know, that's a considerable distance after the initial one, um, which was called The Shaggy DA. Um, and a then detective, in- a, 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 Something attorney? District attorney. District so attorney, yep. In the 2006 version, Tim Allen is up for a big promotion, which is the DA, yeah. the district attorney. So it's maybe that could have been a reference to the sequel, um, the Shaggy DA, uh, which 
Yeah, so the Shaggy DA features a new actor but the same character playing an older version of, of Shaggy. Um, and also there was another, another sequel made in 1987, a two-part television movie which was called The Return of the Shaggy Dog, which was set between the 1959 version and the 1976 version. And then there was also a film, a version made in 1994, which is another television movie called The Shaggy Dog, but I don't even want to go into it. It doesn't... It, Looks terrible. Okay. Um, yeah. And then this version was made in 2006. Anyway, I thought that was just really interesting how it was, you know, one of Walt Disney's, well, one of Walt Disney's first live action feature films and their first live action comedy film mm-hmm. and how it kind of, it proved that you could just make a film for a sort of medium budget for a specific audience, but still get quite a substantial profit and sort of keep churning these out, which honestly is basically what they do with Marvel films anyway. They're kind of guaranteed to make almost a billion dollars every single time. So they just keep churning them out. But they don't make them mediocre every time though. We know they that don't, they don't, but there are some mediocre ones. There are. But we won't get into that. No. Because we like Marvel. That's what our other podcast is about. <laughs> We're not doing another podcast. <laughs> this one's too hard. <laughs> one thing I didn't mention before, or neither of us mentioned the director Brian Robbins. So who is currently the the president of Nickelodeon, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, so his some of his other directorial uh, credits go to so there's the Shaggy Dog, Norbert, Meet Dave. <laughs> I uh, find it funny that out of all the Eddie Murphy movies, he directed the two that are arguably probably the worst Eddie Murphy films. Yeah, well, he yeah. So so there's another one called The Perfect Score, which I hadn't heard of, but I looked into it, and it's got Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson in it, and it's about them stealing the answers for the SATs <laughs> and it looks good. I kind of wish we had watched it so we could watch it for this, but um, yeah. So Norbert meet Dave and another one called a thousand words, which was released in 2012, which also had Eddie Murphy in it. I've never heard of it. Apparently has a 0% of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so oh. he's gone from Shaggy Dog is almost up there in his highest Rotten Tomatoes score ratings for his other movies. Norbert settling on a nice 9%, Meet Dave 19, and yeah, a thousand words on zero. And a perfect score on 17. But um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Brian Robbins. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yes, there is. So I got really caught up with the whole Tibetan shaggy dog monk 300-year-old thing, and I was just like, why... Tibet, why did they use that storyline? Because it just made no sense to me. Yeah. And so I was trying to sort of find Tibetan Buddhism and their ideas of immortality. So what I found out was it doesn't really have anything to do with animals or dogs. Tibetan Buddhism is, do they do strongly believe in reincarnation? And in terms of linking this back to the movie, the only way that I could think that they linked it backwards, according to one Tibetan Buddhist teaching, Dzogchen, which means great perfection or great completion, is a teaching where individuals can transform the physical body into an immortal body of light called the rainbow body. And the only reason I can think that this connects to a dog to do with immortality and Tibet is that Dzogchen is D-Z-O-G-C-H-E-N, and I just think it's a, the, the tiniest bit close to dog. <laughs> 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 That's all I could come up with. 
Yeah, I like it. That's good. <laughs> I reckon um, another, <laughs> as a nice little, um, a good way to read into it. I'm sure your <laughs> year 10 English teacher would be really proud. Yeah. Another thing that which I read into was that Tim Allen's lawyer assistant is the same actress from Better Call Saul. You didn't read into that. I told you, you that told straight away. That. <laughs> uh, I think her name's Rhea Seahorn or Rhea, Rhea Seahorn. Yeah. Oh, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it poses the question that Better Call Saul and Shaggy Dog are in the same universe. Right. The Saggy Call Shoal yeah. universe. <laughs> Besides from that, did you have any other little notes that you made? No, I think we covered over? everything. Um, I mean, in my review, we can talk about the other reviews. Oh, yeah, your review of Shaggy Dog. Yeah. Oh, I thought we'd already reviewed Shaggy Dog. What have we been doing for the last 50 minutes? I, we've been talking about lots of things. Yeah. Been doing some facts, but I just meant like my final thoughts yeah. on Shaggy Dog. Which we will start right now? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so all in all, even though we avoided this movie, I actually genuinely really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's for what it was. Yeah. And I kind of thought that the reason for that was because I didn't, I don't think I enjoyed it as a kid. I don't think I really liked this movie as a kid. I was just excited that there was a dog on a screen and it was being cute. And same again, that's how I felt at this time. But I think the whole activism thing and the the storyline of Tim Allen being a lawyer, I think that just didn't engage me when I was a kid. But now that I'm older and I kind of understand, it's kind of like, oh, okay, no, I know, no, it's, I, I get it now. But I don't know. I, I, I was thinking about this, and I just felt like a really hollow film, like it was a separate reality to ours. I feel like in films, you want to feel like this could potentially happen. Yeah. And I didn't feel that. I don't know. I just, I couldn't pinpoint how I was feeling. So was that at the time, or was that now? Now, right. And. This 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 review from Rob Vox from Flipside Movie Emporium sort of tied it up for me, which was the shaggy dog is wholesome, yes, and safe and homogenized and soulless and utterly devoid of anything worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what how I would sum up my feelings about this movie. I thought you said you had a good time with it. I did have a good time and it was nice, but also there's just something about it that just didn't make me want to go back and I don't think I'll ever go back to this movie. We would never have gone back to this movie if it hadn't been for this. Yeah. But for the other ones that we watch, I feel like I will want to watch them again. Yeah. But I don't definitely don't, don't. want to watch this one. No. Yeah, that just reminds me of something which just goes back to the original. So apparently this movie was one of the first movies. It sort of coined a gimmick which apparently Disney sort of continued to essentially probably squeeze to death, which was the, the genre of having a sort of – 1960s um, setting, but having like sort of one fantastical or supernatural element to it, which could be reflected in things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, where it sort of it exists in like a real world, like everything is real except for one, like one element that's fantastical or supernatural. Um, like I Dream a Genie, it's like it's set in the real world, but there's that one element that sort of brings it into. It's like the one thing that. I guess separates it from the real, real, real world, which anyway, I think that's sort of kind of similar to how it is in the 2006 version. But otherwise, I still had a pretty good time with it. it was, I'd say it's almost on a scale of still good or nah. It was better than I expected, but I still, again, wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, it was nah for me. 
It's nah for yeah. you. Yeah. Just in terms of bringing back that nostalgia, bringing back any sort of good feelings or positive feelings that I had, and in terms of will I watch it again, I will not. Nah, yeah. for me. <laughs> nah, it's. I think it's a still good for me because I think I was genuinely surprised on how good it was. I think a lot of that is on the back of Robert Downey Jr. I think he yeah. really carries the film more than I suspected a sort of antagonist would carry a film, did a really good job. But the thing about that is we're also in a time where we know of Robert Downey Jr. and we know how good he is now. If we hadn't known any of those things, would we have thought that the movie was good? Well, that's not what the podcast is about, no, is it, I Jess? No, it's so not, but I'm just I'm saying. I'm all the <laughs> current references I can and mm-hmm. saying it's still, I think it's still good. I'm not recommending it to watch, but I, it's definitely better than I thought it was. And it sort of made me want to watch other Tim Allen films around the same era, probably earlier, like Jungle to Jungle. Yeah. So I think I've sort of, yeah, I'm getting a bit of a Tim Allen nostalgia from this, which will hopefully bring me to better Tim Allen films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's a still good from me. Uh, it's a nah from me, which is my first nah. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that, that probably wraps, wraps this up. Yep. Um, did you want to tell us what movie we'll be watching next week? Yes, because next week is my choice. And I feel like I say this every episode, but I am genuinely so stoked to watch this movie. It is called Sleepover. Sounds good. Yep. I'm all about sleep. Well, that's our next movie and we hope that you tune in and that you join us in watching that movie. Where can you find us on our socials, Chris? Uh, You can find us at stillgoodornar on Instagram and you can email us at stillgoodornar at gmail.com for any reason. Uh, Otherwise, you can, yeah, you can find our podcast on all your favourite podcasting apps. Yep. Which includes Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple and Stitcher, maybe. Let us know if you use Stitcher and if you can find it because I can't access it. So. Because it's not. We don't, yeah. we don't use it in Australia. Yeah. And no one uses it. I think everyone mainly uses Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google. Um, but, yeah, it's on all those things, so that's probably how you're listening to it. But, yeah, uh, thank you for listening and we'll hopefully not see you next week. Why? Well, no, because we're not going to see anyone. True. But hopefully you listen next week. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. See, see you later. See you later. That's